Uh, welcome to the Something Random Podcast, where sometimes we talk about movies, sometimes we talk about television, but we always talk about something random. I am your host, Charles Joseph Kelly! Well, hello there, and I am Michael C. Macbeth, co-host. Hi, I'm also a co-host. My name is Joel Adam Chavis. <laughs> and we have... I like I like how when we when we do this, oh, uh, yeah, like yeah. our energy starts up high, and then it gets to Joel, and Joel's like, hey. "Fuck you guys, I'm Joel." Well, okay, <laughs> I'll talk about this a little bit real quick. I, I'm teching two shows this week. I open a show Thursday night, and I open a show Friday night. So I am tired, but I'm uh, doing well anyway. But anyways, we also <laughs> have our first special guest of the podcast. Hey. Welcome to the pod, Mr. Seth. Tchaikowski? Tchaikowski. Ch- Tchaikowski? No, Tchaikowski? It's, it's Tchaikowski. Leave it up to the Polish people to make C-A-I a chess sound. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. This is going to be fun. Well, thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah thanks for being so here. So tell us uh, tell us and tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Seth Tchaikowski, and I met you three dudes all doing theater performance. Oh, yes. That's how it all started. That's kind of how all the close people in my life I have started. You know what I mean? Uh, so I met Charles and Michael... This is dating me, but I directed them in high school. I also knew Michael before that. Like, I had performed with him when he was just uh, quite a bit younger. I think 14. Yeah, absolutely. And then I uh, met Joel when he strolled into the Union Colony Dinner Theater and auditioned for me. That's correct. Yes, absolutely. And then we did Clue the Musical. The greatest show on earth. It's pretty, it was pretty awesome. How long ago was that? 2007? So wait, we've known you longer than Joel's known you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That is correct. Yeah. Yep. And we, we, have, uh, we have some old footage of interviewing Seth for our first documentary that we ever made. You know what? I, I loved that documentary. I still have that somewhere. It all scratched up, but I loved that documentary. What was the documentary? It was about us uh, recording Les Mis. <laughs> That was the whole premise of the documentary. It was like the behind the scenes of making a musical, which is a great idea. But well, and then and there was an Easter egg on the documentary. <laughs> that was the entire the, show. The entire show. It was pretty amazing, actually. Our, the director of the show wouldn't allow us to make DVDs of the show. So oh, we just get, made that's pretty funny, actually. Yeah. It's a great workaround, especially for high school students who want to document. And it was a big deal because it was this uh, the first time that two high schools were coming together to, to do a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. It was pretty awesome, actually. So, hey, guys, uh, what have you been watching this week? Can I start? Yeah, go sure. ahead, Seth. Okay, so uh, I'm on the road a lot uh, for work, and Netflix has been awesome. So I just watched Death Note. Have you guys seen that? Yes. What did you think? I loved it. Have um, you seen the anime? No. Okay, we talked about it a little bit. What, what? Okay, so the whole premise, what did you think? I loved it. And you know what I really loved about it is that um, so, uh, the characters are pretty one-dimensional, which I really loved because you don't like really fall in love with them except for the guy who plays L, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's the only guy that you really know more about, but he's the most mysterious one. Oh, yeah. The, um, is that the Willem Dafoe? No, no, no. no, no, no. That's Ryuk. Know. Ryuk. Oh, okay. He's I haven't the... seen it, so. Okay, so the whole premise of the movie, if you guys haven't seen this yet, is um, a guy finds this book that allows him to kill whoever he wants to kill. So he makes the decision, I'm going to kill all the bad guys. So now there's a bunch of detectives who are after him because they say, can't be a vigilante. And it's this weird, interesting chess game between the kid who has the death note and this incredible detective who's trying to find him and their weird, strange relationship. Yeah, it's actually really, really 
really cool. Yeah. And the background on all these different characters, uh, like I said, some of them are just one dimensional, but that the detective character alone, you know more about than everybody else. And he, no one knows his real name, which is, I thought was yeah. pretty ironic. Yeah. Actually. So it's based off of an anime. I highly recommend watching those. As somebody who watched those, I thought that this was a little bit lackluster, but it was still like a good representation of the story, just not the best that it could have been. So it lacks luster? <laughs> this is a musical theater episode, so maybe we can make curtains references. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Michael, <laughs> my what have you been watching? Uh, me, uh, I got a couple. I have been getting myself up to speed on Orphan Black finally. Nice. Because um, I actually started watching it with our older podcast. Um, I think legally we're not allowed to say his name on the podcast anymore. So we'll just... We'll call just, him Shmushma. We'll, we'll call him Sh- I was Shmarl. 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 It rhymes with Shmarl Nifer. Shmarl Nifer. <laughs> Is that really a thing? No. no I didn't think so. I was like, what? It's not even a thing. It's not even a thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's been it's been great. I oh I God. do love that show just from an acting perspective because you get to watch Tatiana Maslany. Maslany um, play. Can we please make it a bit where every single episode you like horribly pronounces somebody's name? A bit. Can we make a oh, like a, a, like Lin Manuel? Like Lin Manuel, the last two episodes now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think okay. I okay. That's that's our new bit. Once an episode, um, you have to. Yeah, like, but I love all of the acting choices, and what especially impresses me about her performances because she's playing all these different clones who have um, lived in completely different circumstances. Um, so one of them is a scientist with a nose ring and dreads, and one of them is a soccer mom with with straight hair and bangs and um so not only does she get to play all these different characters but multiple times those characters will have to pretend to be other characters and you can actually see her choices of keeping certain mannerisms of the original character but so so you you see it's like oh my gosh this is Cosima pretending to be Allison or whatever um and it's very very clear and there's got to be a lot of work put into that. That's impressive. It's it's incredible, and the fact that Tatiana Maslany hasn't won any awards for this is incredible. No, she won. She won this last year, didn't she? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. What did she win? A to- uh, not a Tony. Oh, 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 yeah, it's a, this is it actually is the a musical, musical episode. <laughs> <laughs> is there a musical Black, episode of musical? Black? Oh uh, my gosh, we did the Matrix. A couple that's weeks true. Ago, yeah. I will tell you this though. Um, to piggyback on that, I watched a movie that's similar to that premise, not clones, but it's a woman playing multiple roles. Oh, it was uh, what, what happened, happened on Monday. Monday. Yeah, mm. that was great. It was really good. It was also Willem Dafoe in that. Yes. Yeah. I was like a Willem Dafoe week. Yeah. I have the same birthday as Willem Dafoe. What? This is the Willem what? Dafoe episode now, guys. <laughs> no in longer... your face. Yeah. yeah. You have to talk weird, and his mouth like stretches to his, <laughs> his earlobes. He would have been a great Joker. Joker. Yeah. Oh man, he would have. Michael, what's it? You said you were watching a couple things. What were the other? Oh, things? I, I Sorry, also finally no, it's all good. We're we're bantering, having fun. <laughs> I also finally got to watch Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. So first of all, I went in expecting it to not be as good as the first one. Okay. Because every sequel, regardless of whether or not it's Marvel or something great uh, or a great director, etc it's just not going to have the same novelty that the first one had. That said, I liked the choices they made. I thought it was an excellent film. 
I am glad they didn't put the minion style emphasis on Baby Groot. Yeah, <laughs> you know they didn't they didn't make the a youth marketing a group a Groot spinoff film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was actually a sequel, and everybody had a lot of character development. Mm-hmm. Um, Rocket, especially the raccoon. Um, it wasn't yeah. Jar Jar Binks. No, no thank yeah. God. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> but Baby Groot was cute as hell. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> And they and they put him in there, and he supported, and rather than like had his own, like you said, no spinoff. No, yeah. it was a supporting the plot. Exactly. Than... And I thought that using him for the entirety of the opening sequence, the opening credits, I thought that was very clever of them. They're like, oh hey, there's this really cute thing, and and <laughs> here's a bunch of action going on in the background. I thought that was well done, but then they de-emphasized immediately. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I absolutely loved it. I the movie's not without its problems, but I don't really want to talk about those. But I really am glad that they didn't rehash every single joke that they made in the first one. Absolutely. I did like how, like you were talking about the beginning with Groot, was an homage to the the first movie with like you know the dance number at the beginning, but it really was something different, but still had that same kind of feel to it. Uh, the soundtrack it was a little lackluster. It, really? It, it lacked luster. Oh. No, 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 no. I, I thought it wasn't as, as <laughs> like, like poppy as the first one, and I, I really love listening to the first one. I, I think that's just more of a personal problem. Um, oh, okay. I, I, gotcha. I, I don't think it's, like, something that has a problem with the movie and what the movie is trying to say, but there's some great songs on it. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I, I have this theory that the producers, director, et cetera, sat down um, for both of these films, and they said, okay – Here's what we're doing. We are going to make a feature-length series of music videos with superheroes. That, that is Baby Driver. I loved Baby Driver, by the way, too, though. Yes. Are you guys familiar with the the comic, Guardians? Yeah, a little bit now. I'm more I so more so now than I was because I wasn't really well informed about comics before the Marvel movies. universe. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now I'm more. I would say more. I will tell you this. I, in my opinion, the Guardians are the best, well-rounded, um, honest characters in the MCU. In my opinion, I would one hundred percent agree with you. I think that there is, and we talked about this in the last episode about how the Marvel movies have a tendency of falling in within these same plot beats and making characters all about the plot and not about the characters. That movie specifically, those movies are all about the characters. There's some big plot moments in the second one, but um, yeah, no, they're I agree. I I think it's fantastic. And it's and they all of those characters have taken a journey already, and it's all about them establishing themselves as a family. Right. Yep. So those themes already are honestly better than any like. I love the Avenger movies. I love Civil War. I love all that stuff, but. The family aspect to Guardians is my favorite part. It hits really close to home, the the father story in that. And I just, it's hard for me to watch, but it's that's that's a good thing, I think. Your it father kinda, was a planet? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doug, Russell. if you're listening, we are not calling you large. <laughs> Have you seen my dad lately? He's actually lost oh. a lot of weight. <laughs> <laughs> so I was joking about it a while back. Uh, one of the reasons why I've personally lost a lot of weight is because I saw a picture of my dad. He was wearing like this weird horse riding helmet, right? And he had this long trench coat and shorts. 
and sucks. He looked like some like weird Doctor Who creation. Like like they were trying to figure out yeah. who the next Doctor Who was and what his outfit would wear. And my dad was wearing this outfit and he was pretty overweight. And I wouldn't say like pretty overweight. He was a big fat dude. He's a big He's a big <laughs> he's old a big boy. Big big old man. Yeah. Big old man, dude. Uh, does your father listen to the podcast? We'll find out this week. <laughs> oh my gosh. And You're we'll gonna find get a phone call. CJ still has a father at the end. <laughs> I, I wonder. I wonder. Let's let's burn all the bridges with my family right now and see who listens to this podcast. Okay. What can you tell us about your mom? My mom is dead. <laughs> so we're good there. Damn it. Great. <laughs> what about <laughs> what, what about your uh, siblings? How many? Ah, uh, Joel. Hey, what were you watching this week? <laughs> all right. Well, I didn't watch any of those things. That's why I was so quiet. But Seth and I watched. Uh, the fight, the McGregor fight, Ooh. which uh, we bet on, we bet a pizza on, and Who lost? Seth owes me a pizza. Yeah, I was uh, I was McGregor all the way. However, no, I bought into it. I bought into the fact that I thought he could, he could, he could pull it out. This is I, I'm just because I'm an MMA fan. And the other other couple things, one I won't talk about too long because I know no one's interested. But I did catch up on Dance Moms. I'm and so I, fucking interested. Tell me about Dance Moms. No, you're not. Right <laughs> now. No, 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 no. We're not going on. I want to know face. about the Dance Moms. What has happened in Dance Mom world? A lot of things. They have a new dance teacher, and they're doing mess. very different, unique dances. That's all I'm going to say. If you like Dance Moms, email me. We'll chat. What's your email? Um, JoelSafiron at gmail.com or you can Facebook me or whatever. But um, the other thing I did watch that I know Seth uh, also is interested in is I caught up on the Leah Remini uh, documentary series, uh, Scientology and the Aftermath, which is, I think, the most fascinating thing on television this entire year. Agreed. It is. If I, you, haven't, I haven't watched it yet. If you haven't seen any of it, you've got to watch it. It's like you watch the first few episodes and it's like, oh my God. And I can't. You, I can't stop watching. I can't wait for it to come on TV. Yeah, and it's, it's 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 just so great. It's so interesting and fascinating and shocking and scary. It's but it's really it's great. If you and, haven't seen it, you should check it out. And she's a great storyteller. Oh yeah, you yeah, wouldn't yeah. think that about Absolutely. her, but she's actually a really good storyteller. <clears throat> Leah Ramanana, and she's also very edgy. So like when she hears a story and someone's like. Yeah, and they were beating me every night and stealing my food and money. And then she'll go, that's shocking. What are you talking about? That can't be true. Are you so crazy she, over she here? She is kind of her character from King of Queens. Right. No, yeah. that's oh, who yeah, she absolutely. is. It's typecasting all the way. That's, that's through incredible. and through. Uh, mine? Yeah, what have you been watching? Okay, I've got a couple. Uh, I watched one that I think, I know Joel would like. I think Michael would like. I don't know if Seth would like. I'm not sure. I think I think you would like it. I watched Little Evil. It's a new Netflix movie uh, starring Adam Scott, so um, Ben from. Oh yeah, Personal. I love yeah. that. And Evangeline it's a Lilly. TV. Is it a TV show or a movie? It's a movie, um, and th- he has Damien as his kid or something. So, like that? so he pretty much uh, marries Evangeline Lilly, and he's like, you know, I'm sorry I never got to know your son before we got married. Yes, I heard about this. Yes, and yes. it happens yes. to be that his new stepchild is. The Antichrist. That's amazing. Oh, uh, yeah. little evil. I've got to check this it's, out. Yeah, it's incredible. And it's like, I there there are some issues that I have with the movie. It's so funny. The horror is great. It's it's along the same lines of Tucker and Dale versus Evil on that comedy horror. Okay. Um, okay it's so good. And I would probably enjoy it. And there's actually kind of 
an interesting story to go along with it. I won't I won't say if I said the the word that I'm thinking, it'll kind of spoil things. Okay. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check it out and we'll it's talk. It's so good. And we'll, we'll yeah, I will we'll, too. I yeah. want to watch that. But yeah, it, yeah. it just came out, but I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything because it literally just came out. And the other thing was uh Twin Peaks, which nobody else here watches, but it is so good. <laughs> uh We were just talking about that before we started. It's I I like if you haven't seen Twin Peaks before, it's it's one of those shows that you will either absolutely love or you'll hate. There's no in-between. Everybody that I talk to thinks that it's the best thing or the worst thing on television. Now, tell me, do you have to have watched the original series to enjoy this one or know what's going on? Because people have asked me that, and I'm like, I don't fucking know. I don't watch it. Good question, yeah. Well, the first question you have to ask yourself is, do you actually know what's going on? Is, is the question. He makes it a big deal to kind of make things crazy and weird and symbolic and be ambiguous about what these things mean. He will not tell you. And I love people. I love directors who say there is a meaning to this, but you don't you, get to know what it is. Yeah, so okay. so okay. it's complete absurdism. It's meant to invoke certain emotions. Yeah. And so you have to, you have to approach it. You have to watch it with an attitude of let me take this journey even if I never find out what the hell is going on. Exactly. Okay. That I'm is a- exactly what this is. And they, they play on a lot of the classic tropes of cinema, right? Where the, the main character will lose their mind, right? And then they find something in their life that brings back, you know, their memory and stuff like that. On four different occasions in this show, they have a character who's kind of like forgotten his life. And they show him like a like the the cup of coffee and a cherry pie, which is like big things that are in the original series. And he goes, "Hmm, that was good. <laughs> That's awesome, though. I love callback stuff like that too, and I also like plot twists like that." Yeah, but it's it, he he's like, "I'm gonna play this up to make you think that it's gonna go this the way you want to, and it's not, and you're gonna be frustrated, and that's how you're going to feel, and it's on purpose." And I freaking love that. Now, so, wait a minute. Is it? Let me ask you this. Is it? the same universe as in a continuation of the story or is it a completely revamp or what is it? It's a continuation of the story. Same characters, same actors, same characters, same actors. Oh, um, okay. I didn't realize that. I yes. thought it was, I thought it was like a, a reboot kind of deal. And it's not, it's not a sequel, right? It's just a continuation. It's they, they deal. No, it's a, I would say it's, it's a continuation of the story 25 years later. Oh, okay. So I would say sequel is, is a, is a Accurate. good term. Yeah. It's, but it's like stylistically, it's not the same. So if you watched a lot of the original Twin Peaks, the original, the second season got really weird, but it didn't get as weird as this show gets. Okay. And it gets crazy. I, I think, I don't know if I would like that or not. I'd have to watch it and see. It's You know what? I, if, my thing is, is I, when you say the director throws in things just for, for, for the director, not for the audience, like mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you how to figure it out, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That is hit or miss with me. I either love it or hate it. It's hard to... And that's the thing with the show. I don't know. I would have to try it. He makes makes some of the best television and some of the worst television in this this season, and it's all on purpose. And I think that that is some of the the coolest... It's probably my favorite show of the year is Twin Peaks. It's something that I probably won't rewatch for a good decade. Uh, but okay. it's something that I'll like be in the back of my mind when I'm thinking about creating stuff because it's so meta and it's so going against the grain of, of normal television where everything has to lead to a certain point and this one doesn't have to. I think it's especially challenging with TV shows as opposed to movies um, 
to not care about how your audience reacts to it. Uh, it, it probably has a very similar polar reaction to something like Lost, where because uh, because a lot of people that we talked to about Lost expected to find out everything and solve all the mysteries right. by the end of the show, and that's not how it was done. Mm-hmm. And they were that's why they were disappointed with it. Yeah, I completely agree. I think Lost after listening to a lot of interviews with Damon Lindelof. Uh, he was one of the showrunners. Him and Carlton Hughes wrote it. Um, he talks about like the pros and cons of, of writing a show on network television like this, not knowing exactly where you wanted to go. A lot of people think that Lost was like on the verge of being canned pretty consistently, um, but they were always trying to push for an ending to the show right off the bat. ABC wanted to make the show last indefinitely, and which is crazy. Right, like you, ABC wanted a ten-season show of Lost. They wanted it to them to be on that island for so long, it and it been doesn't so terrible. And the what, but they what they said was, you know what? Now what you have to do is now you have to do it in the next two seasons. If you're going to end this, you have to do it in two seasons. So they were forced to finish the show, and it's frustrating. I like Twin Peaks because they're may they may not make another season they, they have no interest in doing something else i have a question for joel what's that what's that one show on showtime that we all tried to watch and we watched one one episode of and it was it's based off a of book weird book about gods i don't american remember gods yes american gods yes. and like we all watched we, we it. watched the, the the previews and we went this looks so cool yeah and then and like, we were all so excited about it we all is in me seth and jalen yeah and we looked at it. I think we all watched it at different times. You two watched it, and then I watched yeah, it. Yeah, the two of us watched it together, and then you watched it later, and we all kind of went. Not going to stay we, with this we, one. We, yeah, watch it. I, That's I bad love, for me. <laughs> I loved the book. Um, cause it's That's Neil, what everybody Neil says, Gaiman. though. Um, it's, it's a fantastic book. It's a good premise. But the problem is, is they're trying to take this not the longest book. It's not a long book, but they're trying to take the story and make it multi-season. And nothing happened in that first season. Like, so little <laughs> happened. And, I, like, I talked about this before, uh, about how I like slow-burning shows with a lot of character stuff. There was too much character stuff. Is the whole the whole season's over already? The whole season's over. And then they build to this moment where it's like, oh, this big thing happens. And you're like, duh. That's, like, what you've been saying <laughs> the last ten episodes is this yeah. thing. I think it's good uh, we didn't stick with that one. I agree. Yeah, okay. I just, uh... Um, I come. I forgot about it. That American Gods, that. American Gods, kind of reminded me of a little bit of what you were talking about um, when it came to Twin Peaks, right? For me, but nothing in it made me. <laughs> we didn't invest enough yeah, in it to find that out. One, uh, like once I saw that one girl just like take that dude inside her the JJ, I was like, hmm, I think I'm good. Strange <laughs> I business. Like, I was like, ah. I bet this is better in the book. That's what I thought to myself when right. I when I watched it. I was like, this is probably better in the book. When they actually put this to film, I was like, man, probably not. Not my style. Hey, guys. Yes. Go. I have a question for Please. you. Please. This comes from Brandon on Facebook. Thank you, Brandon. He asks, so Hamilton was obviously a smash hit, but which historical figures would make for a terrible subjects? Of a musical. I mean, we already did a lot of Hitler stuff last year. Yeah, let's let's year, not make wow, as <laughs> let's not make as many Hitler jokes. No, no, I agree. or any like. I think it's funny. Or any at all. Yeah, 
Yeah, that'd be great. So too okay. soon. <laughs> too too soon. Now, who do you who do you guys think a, historically a bad historical figure to make a musical? I about? wouldn't say nothing like a negative, but just any historical figure to make a terrible musical. That's a bad idea to make a musical about. Alexander okay. Hamilton. Wait, mm. wait. Who <laughs> knew? Um, man, there's there's so many. I feel like mm-hmm. probably just boring people. <laughs> Yeah, people who, where yeah, nothing really happened. Yeah, who like accomplished their, maybe one thing. I mean, if you're thinking about American presidents, there's a ton of people. I mean, I think a musical based James on James K. Bill, Polk, the musical. Right, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, right. Uh, a musical based on like uh, George Senior, mm-hmm. George Bush Senior, would be horrible. Oh, oh that would be so boring. Barbara, like, like, be a song where ballad heavy. Or, that's what I think. A Clinton musical would be a lot more entertaining. Yes, than it would. A George Senior. Uh, George Senior could. Have have a song where he throws up in Japan, though. <laughs> That's true. That was probably the highlight, a most entertaining part of his whole pre- presidency. <laughs> All right. Uh, besides from presidents, who who do you guys think? Mm. Let's do. I, I've got one. Go uh, somebody a little bit. It's a little bit more modern. I think this would be an interesting musical. Mm-hmm. Elon Musk. Mm. That would be interesting. I could I could get behind. Wait, that. I thought would shouldn't. I, I thought the question was shouldn't do a musical. Either way, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> we'll ask. We'll ask both questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should and shouldn't. J.K. Rowling, the musical. Wait, they did Harry Potter the musical. No, it's no, not. But, has but nothing oh, about, to do with Harry it's, Potter. It's like becoming Jane or Finding Neverland, a, a musical about. J. Yeah, Rowling, what's the creator? And what's the what's the the Disneyland one, Mister? What's his name? Oh, uh, Saving, Saving Mister Banks. Banks. Yeah, that was not about Disney. It was about the guy Walt Disney, right? It was yeah, it was Walt Disney and the the woman who P. wrote Travers. the book about Mary Poppins and yeah. him trying to convince her Correct. to yeah make a movie. That's a pretty rad idea to do J.K. Rowling because if you, if you think about like the impact that Harry Potter has had on the world as I well mean, as her story like, before she wrote I mean yeah, yeah. her incredible success story and I mean like the whole the whole idea about having a, a homeless starving mother who's writing the story to try to pay off some debts to help feed her children that's kind of awesome let's do mel gibson the musical why would that be bad i feel like there's so many ups and downs and what a character to play as an actor i would be like i want to play the character oh absolutely exploding exploding uh, over shut up What's that breathing thing? Like, who does that? <laughs> Mel Gibson. That's that's exactly right. It's a signature thing. I think I think that goes into an idea though that anything really can be something as long as it is done well. Like if if it's like you can have the worst movie idea and still as long as you follow through and do something interesting with it, you can make anything work. So this this causes me to think about. I recently watched The Founder for the first time. Mm. So so did I. Yes. That was re- that was a good movie. So good. Yeah. I mean, well, Michael first of Keaton's all, Michael killer. Keaton. Yeah, he's and underrated. That guy was I think. a jerk. Oh man, he was. And that's the thing. They didn't romanticize that character at all. They're mm. like, this guy was pretty true is a the... complete jerk, and and he ruined the McDonald's brothers' lives. Mm-hmm. Even, even though he pursuits. made McDonald's a great success. Absolutely. He ruined those. Yeah, I thought that was a good movie. Check it, that out. Everybody. It was. It was. And so, so that said, like even even bad historical figures can can tell a great story. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny that we talk about this too. But I mean, when Lin Manuel is that how you pronounce it, Michael? Man, uh, Manuel. Lin Manuel. Manuel. I know. <laughs> 
Lin Manuel Miranda. Yep. It's and I was reading the Lin Manual. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he was pitching this idea to people, and everybody's like, "This is a terrible idea for a musical." Like, Alexander Hamilton, really? That's that's who you want to go with? Cool, buddy. But it's just the idea that you can find inspiration and tell interesting stories with the most mundane people possible. It, I think also, though, with Lynn Manuel's <laughs> case, his medium is so specific and different. Mm-hmm. I think I think if like Sondheim wrote, uh, you know, Sondheim wrote a, a musical about it, I don't think it would be as would, popular. No, no it would not have. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was the execution. But but there was a lot there to be to work with. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I've got a question for you guys. Hey, Michael, what's that question? <laughs> so this kind of comes in two parts. Ooh, two-parter. <laughs> um, because there were two questions that I felt really go hand Okay, hand. go ahead. Uh, should I ask them both and then yeah. we go Yeah, just ahead. make it a yeah. two-part. All right, yeah. so, um, so question number one, what musical or straight play deserves a sequel? And question number two is from Rachel. Uh, thank you, Rachel. What show is ridiculous for even existing? So I ask that way because there are several sequels that are ridiculous for existing. So Right. I mean, we kind of talked about this also, but Annie Warbucks was probably a, the worst oh idea goodness. for I could not existing handle. Do you, okay. What about the, the Phantom of the Opera sequel? That, oh, on Coney Island? On Coney Island. Okay, so so when we're we're I am writing, not familiar with that. Oh my god. It's a thing. It's a thing. So you know, really? like when you're writing a musical and you're like, hmm, I want to make a sequel to this musical. You know it's based in France. Where are we gonna base it? <sighs> How about Coney Island? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It's the worst thing. It's like Jason Voorhees in space. Which I, I love. That was great. Jason X but, was great. I will say this, and it's only because Joel and I have done it. I think Clue the musical in its in its form is bad. It's not a good show. It's not good. It's not. It's and it's written by the same guy I believe who wrote I Love You Perfect Now Change, which is a very popular show. Uh-huh. But um, the music is it's, redundant. Yeah, it's the music that's the bad part of the well, show. Well, the really. writing's pretty bad. I mean, like the premise is that uh, this guy's master of ceremonies, Mister Body, he runs the show for the audience, and the audience plays. Right. Right. So there's all those scenarios on how, and then they they get clues throughout the show. Right. It really, that premise is cool. It really is a just a big game. Yeah, and that big, premise is cool, but the writing is so bad, and the clues are really bad too. Yeah. They try. It's like when they were writing the script, they tried to make it so that they could interchange it because there's how many I don't know how many possibilities, hundreds or thousands or whatever. Because there's six main players, and it, or yes, and if each one of them is a different character with a different weapon in a different room, they you have to know all these different combinations that can come out. So they had to make it interchangeable. And I think that's why the script isn't very, uh, you know, cemented for lack of a better term. Well, I've got one. Yes. Uh, Plaid tidings. (laughs) Really? No, no. no. So, so here's the thing. It's not actually a sequel. No, No. it's the same music. It's, it's It's the the same same show. It's the same show. With with a a few Christmas. Absolutely right. It is the same show. Uh, The music's harder. Yes, the music is. the music in Plaid Tidings is much harder than the, really? the original Plaid. Yep. Forever Plaid, and mm-hmm. there's a bad, bad Christmas song in it. That yeah, is, they tried to modernize it. That eggnog bop song. Yeah, so makes Frankie me want raps. To. He does like this rap oh, song. The no. Plaid Tidings, the pla- Forever Plaid would not 
wrapped. No, they wouldn't. No, and whoever that's, wrote that—that's the basis of their characters. To be wrapped upside the, the head. 50s. But you're right about that. But there's also like because it is the same show. So there's like that. It's goofy and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then there's this moment at the end where it pulls everything together, and it's this heartfelt moment. And then they sing "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas," which is a great. That's great, like great that's like the best moment arrangement. There. Yeah, as well. Yeah. But it, it's kind of... It, but the it show itself, necessary. you're right. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I can't think of one of a musical that, that really does deserve a sequel. Or, mm. I mean, can you guys think of one that, that if it was done well? A sequel to a musical that Oklahoma be- 2. <laughs> Yeah, well, okay, I got one. I got okay, one. Okay, wait, wait. But I, I got one, but this is a little unfair because it was it's a musical made from a movie which is Sister Act but Sister Act 2 is amazing. You're right. And oh, Sister Act 2 would be a great musical. There you go. There you go. Okay, so let's let's go through <laughs> let's go through some other shows. Let's let's spitball some ideas of how they can take the stories past the moments that they've gone. Well, let's, let's name the great ones then. Okay. Okay. No, so I'm serious. So specific. No, I'm showboat little, well, 2. Let, another showboat. <laughs> Here comes another one. Uh no, I mean like the the foundation of shows that laid the groundwork. Yeah, let's talk so, about shows okay. now. So, like, the classics. Fiddler on the Roof would never no. be a continuing thing. Nope. No. 42nd Street. 43rd, 43rd Street. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the show closes and whatever. Well, they go on tour or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that would be... That, that would be... Yeah, I can see that. That one could... Um, there, there would... Yeah, it wouldn't be the same story by any stretch. Mm-hmm. Right. You said Oklahoma. That could be a thing. Oklahoma, too. Judd is dead. Um, Judd's back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Zombie Judd. Music Man 2, the band tours. <laughs> there you go. That yeah. would actually be kind of yeah. interesting where where he's still kind of like a con a, man. A con man. Mm-hmm. And people are like realizing who he is in the real world. And everybody else and is so is trying now to... Marion is in on the con with him. Ooh, Marion is the con. So they're they're doing they're pulling an ocean. And he's 12. trying to talk mm-hmm. her out of it. There you go. <laughs> Music Man Two, the streets, the streets. <laughs> I like it. I think we can all agree on on um, Wedding Singer being kind of ridiculous for existing. I think we're all in the it's same a, boat. It's a That's a balance pleasure, there. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I, there's I a balance the there. Show. I enjoy and the show. And the reason is because. Uh, let, as, as somebody so who's many. just recently directed it, yeah, but here's the deal. Let's talk about it. Between, uh, you, well, all of us, there are so many wrong things with that script. Yeah, and honestly, Joel and I really adjusted it because what people love about the movie is not in the sh- the no. show itself. Yeah. Tim Hurley, if you're listening, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, you did really good. Kind of. <laughs> no, I was talking uh, about our edits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Um, so. We kind of adhered to the movie because that's what we loved, right? Mm-hmm. The music, there's only really two good numbers in the show, in my opinion, written musically. And well, we, okay, what, that. what's your songs? Do you the opening? Okay, uh, it's your wedding day, and then the, if I told the duet. you, and then Ghost the musical is the same way. Like, what's the purpose? What's the purpose of, of? I know that's why they I, didn't I, get the rights to any of those songs. Here we are with the clay. We're yeah. gonna mold it's the very, clay. It's We're very, gonna mold the clay. It, it's very meaningless to me. Yeah, too. right. It's, if you're gonna make a musical out of a movie that's classic with a song like that, yeah. Unchained Melody, that should be in the musical. Oh yeah, I agree. And this, there's music in Sister Act, and it should be in the musical. It's just silly that it's not. Uh, hey guys, uh, do you want to play some Six Degrees? Hit Absolutely. me, Absolutely. All right, so 
I don't know if you know the rules or not, but we're just going to go over them really quick. So what we do is we play Six Degrees, where we have to take two actors and uh, link those two actors between movies they've been in with other actors. You have to know the name of the actor. You have to know the name of the movie. You can use television, but they have to be in the same episode. So now... Challenge us. This one is probably going to be a bit too easy. We'll see, because everyone has come to the table with one of these and said this is easy and then <laughs> there there are at least three two degree options for these two actors that i have oh, found wow. okay i i think you guys are going to solve this one pretty quick but we will see okay who is it we've got matthew broderick to matt damon okay we're finally using matt damon we're using like matt actually damon. using him so while while the other hosts deliberate that we're going to take a quick brief word from our sponsors Hi, everybody. This is Charles with the Something Random Podcast. Just checking in to see how things are going. Hey, were you able to find the recipe for those scalloped potatoes by any chance? I thought they were delicious, and I would love to steal that recipe from you. I'm sitting here at about 9, 10 o'clock at night editing this podcast, and I'm recording this the night before. We recorded it today, Tuesday the 5th. And we're putting it out Wednesday morning. Uh, it's cutting it a little bit close. should be still out right on time for you guys. I hope it is. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be. But um, if it is a little bit late, I apologize. Michael, Joel, and Scotty are all in Tech Week for their shows. And I'm kind of left taking care of everything on the production side of things. Thanks, guys. No, no, no. Seriously. Thank you for everything that you guys do. Um... I'll be recording some extra ADR for the podcast over the next few days. I'm hoping to share some more stuff with you guys. I kind of want to create an audio trailer for the short film. Hopefully I'll be able to create that and send that out to you guys here in the next couple days, but we'll see how my schedule is going because it's getting kind of ridiculous on my end. Once again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the show, for subscribing to the podcast, for sharing it with your friends. We're getting so much feedback now, and it's great to see people actually enjoy the show. And it's it's kind of a scary thing to put yourselves out there as much as we have, uh, and I'm glad that you guys like the show. We're looking for some guest hosts to jump in and make some funny jokes with us. So if you're interested in potentially doing that with us, email us at info at somethingrandommedia.com. Information in that is in the description of this podcast. That's also going to be the place where you're going to send any questions that you may have for us here at the Something Random Podcast. If you have any questions that you'd like us to answer, any six degrees of separation you'd like us to try to figure out on our end, we would love to hear from you. That's pretty much it for the week. Um, once again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the podcast. I, I can't thank you enough for doing that. It, I, it means a lot more to me than you think, uh, getting good feedback. Uh, and I'm so glad, so glad that you guys like this. As always, have a wonderful week. Enjoy the rest of the podcast and... I love you. I'm Mickey, and with me is Brandon. Hey, how you doing? And Alberto. Hello. And together we are... The The Three Three Friends. Friends. And we have a show called The Three Friends Go Criterion, which we talk about some of the finest films in cinema history, and we do a lot of screwing around. Yeah, a lot of grab-assing on this show. Sure do. Mm Mm-hmm. Come here, Brandon. Give me some of that ass. Check us out at thetreefriends.com. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play. And we love you. Okay, uh, so... What was the time? 
So it's been three minutes and 30 seconds. We have five, right? Uh, you guys have five. Do you guys have an answer? It seems like you guys do. Let's hear it. Take it, Seth. Seth's got it. Okay. Uh, so we have Matt Damon and Matthew Broderick. Okay. So Matt Damon with Greg Kinnear and Stuck on You. Okay. Greg Kinnear with Ben Stiller and Mystery Men. Okay. Uh, ben Stiller with Matthew Broderick in The Cable Guy. Hello. That's it, guys. Boom. All right. Holla. So do you guys want to give me your crappy movie of the week, or do you uh, want to hear my few answers? Yes. I would. I want to hear your answers, and then you guys can give them a crappy movie, because I don't have one. Since okay. this was a fun one, and we were talking about Crossroads last week, I'm going to loan you Crossroads. You have to. You have a DVD player? I do have a DVD player. I'm going to loan you Crossroads. You have to watch it. Cool. I was also going to say since Batman was, or uh, we were talking about Batman when we tried to oh, do the Six yeah. Degrees, you could you have to watch Batman and Robin. Oh. oh. All right, all right. <laughs> that is a cruel and unusual. Let's do that, especially since you got it. Okay. All right, I'm watching Batman and Robin. This Ooh, week. that's a rough Whoa. watch. All of the ice puns. Okay, so Woof. let's. Okay, go ahead. All right, so I had a few of them. the 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 biggest one that I had was. Uh, Matthew Broderick to his most one of his more recent movies. He was in Manchester by the Sea with Casey Affleck. Okay, uh, and Casey Affleck was in Goodwill Hunting with uh, Matt Damon. There you Perfect. go. The other one I had it was really cheating, but it was uh, Matthew Broderick to Tina Fey in Thirty Rock, and then Tina Fey oh, okay. to Matt Damon in Thirty Rock. Gotcha. <laughs> oh wow. Oh, so you're okay. using you're using the TV show. Just with different, different guest ep- stars yeah, yeah, and yeah. episodes, right? So that I, works, I, yeah. it's not cheating per se, but it just adds a step. It adds one more extra step, yeah. So crap, I have to. Watch that was one. an easy one, though. I uh, know it was very easy. Like yeah. I thought about it on the way here, and I was like, yeah, "That's gonna be too easy." All right, man. So your bad watch is uh, since Batman came up in this one, you're gonna ha- we're gonna make you watch Batman and Robin with George uh, Clooney uh, and nipples. Arnold Schwarzenegger. You have to watch the whole bad thing. Nipple. Okay, that, uh, bat nipples. That's right. Bat but didn't nipples. they come in but they don't forever? Have bat nipples on Batgirl. So I think Schumacher. First of all, can we go on record saying that Schumacher ruined that Batman franchise? Can we say that WB ruined the franchise? That because could I be. I don't it. think it's. I don't think it's really a Schumacher problem. Well, when you hear Tim Burton talk about it, he thinks he blames Schumacher. When I listen to interviews, it's actually kind of interesting. Where Schumacher was told, uh, "We don't no. want to do a dark movie." We don't want to do another dark Batman movie. Interesting. It has to be a children-friendly Batman well, movie. Well, that's why it was and he was silly forced for him into like it. silly, weird shit. It's not. I mean, it's the same problem. He's not a bad director by no, any means. I don't. I don't think that Joel Schumacher ruined it. I think he was put in a I shitty think, situation. Yes, and, and I was... think it took a bad turn. Because you can still you can still make it kid-friendly. I mean, the animated series did that in the '90s. Um, they had a kid-friendly version of Batman that was still. Still had a lot of the dark aspects to it, but Correct. they wanted to go something completely different with it, and that's why when they were done with those, they course corrected so in the opposite direction into Christopher Nolan's Batman movies, is because they're like, oh, we need to do something good with this franchise. Let's try doing something. like And this, this. is maybe just on the same subject, but do you guys like Ben uh, Ben Affleck as Batman? Yeah, I think his Batman is great. I don't think that the the it's the same problem that I have with Doctor Who that I think uh, Peter Capaldi is an incredible Doctor, but I think that the material that he's given is not sure. The best. Well, we could go on and on about that. Joel, do you think? I haven't seen him at all. No. Oh, not Affleck. No. Um. Yeah, I I thought he he performed it well. Honestly, if we're talking about you know kid friendly course correcting with Batman, the Lego Batman movie 
nailed that. Oh yeah, you said Will Arnett was great. Will Arnett he, was brilliant. You great. and that's something great. that you would you would yeah, really yeah, yeah. enjoy. Oh yeah. I've heard I've heard nothing but good things and I still need to watch that film. I'll lend it to you. Okay. You know what? I have a question. What and this comes question? to us uh by Yannick. Yannick. Thank you, Yannick. Yeah, thanks. Since it's kind of like a Yannick. theater um type of theme. What keeps you coming back to theater and what do you want to see more of? In theater. Okay, so is this question as an audience member or as a performer? Or why, why don't like you say all... Why don't you say as an artist and as an audience? Okay. Well, if you just say as an uh, as an artist, it's both, right? That that that's an audience member and someone yeah. on stage. Sure. Yeah. So as an artist, I love the the idea, and this is why I keep coming back to theater, even though I don't do very much theater. Is the the opportunity for infinite creativity, where every single one of these shows can be done in an infinite different or like infinite different ways and that's just so intriguing to me as an artist that even though the dialogue is the same what could be portrayed within that dialogue could be completely different so one scene one person's take on the scene could be super funny somebody else could take it like a serious scene where two people are fighting and that's so intriguing for me as an artist and i absolutely love that i i think that the ability to challenge people, to challenge uh, social status quo, or to to make you think about something that you wouldn't otherwise. Um, it's, I mean, as an art form, it's the same reason I like filmmaking, and um, just just the fact that you get to tell the story, and and people find themselves laughing or crying or feeling whatever, and and then you have to sit there and say, well, wait, why am I laughing? Like what? What's funny about that to me? Should it be funny? And it it gets you to start thinking. Cause in my opinion, there's two types of theater. There's fluff theater that is just there for pure entertainment. The more lights and colors, the better. And then there's there's hardcore. I mean, not. not she hardcore. just said fluff and hardcore. <laughs> uh, Seth and I are over here going. Uh, uh, Michael made a fluffer joke. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Okay. Sorry. No, that's not a sorry. That okay. was brilliant. Okay. Well, and then there's the hardcore theater that makes you think and and makes you question something that you didn't before. And sometimes sometimes it's a little of both. But I love that. And what I would love to see more of is true collaboration. Because um, as a director and as an actor, I have seen so many sides of the coin where. Um, directors they have a very specific vision and and it's it's their way or the highway and that's not how theater is done that's not how film is done it is um a mosaic it's a compilation of all these different people's visions coming together and i have loved getting to direct and see ideas that other people come up with that i would never have thought of in a million years yep, i agree i think that while it's okay for a director to be the one that says yes or no to something or um, have a, you know the general concept of an idea, there is nothing wrong with making suggestions and taking some of those suggestions. Um, you, you look at these people that are like true greats well, and talking more about film, but like, you know, say Stanley Kubrick or, or um, I don't know, but they were all, they were taking suggestions all the time. They were, what if I did this scene facing the wall or what if I did this, you know, walking down the stairs instead of staying at the top and 
they those may be little things, but that's like things that the director didn't think of. And it's not just direction. It, go, it can go anyway. Music direction, set, lighting, costumes, all kinds of stuff. And I think that, um, I mean, there that it can get <laughs> people making too many suggestions, but that's too not always many cooks. Yeah, but that's not always necessarily a bad thing. I think that um, everybody, well, not everybody, but most people that are that work in this field. Um, have a good idea of what is a good idea. You know what I mean? So I think that, um, you know, suggestions are always welcome when I'm working. I think true collaboration is, is rare in, in, in the theater world. Yeah. In my opinion. I, I agree. Hey, Michael, to kind of stem off of that question, uh, because we're now finishing our short film. Yes. How did you feel collaboration worked on that? Because I tried to make it a, a Realm 4 collaboration, but I'm wondering if that, that played out well or if how you felt that went on that front. Certain times I think it went well. Um, let's talk about let's talk about specific times. Let's 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 talk about what worked and what didn't, because I think this is like a perfect time to to bring up collaboration with within a within a film. Okay, okay. Um well, I think there there probably could have been more room for some opinions, some perspectives from people who have actually dealt with uh, schizophrenia on a personal level. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there were actors in that particular film who, who had ideas that um, kind of got shut down. Maybe it was because of of timing or let me ask you a question since we're talking about this actress um there are times where i have been in the director's chair and someone just didn't say they just didn't speak up whether they tried to say see uh, that's where i'm coming from like i would have loved to hear stuff like that and i i wonder if that's the case where like they that this this actress didn't feel like they could come up to me i i think that was maybe part of it um no yeah there there's a there's an overall like there's an attitude of approachability, I think, that needs to be had, right? And and people need to be constantly reminded of, yeah. Because because as a as a director for this show, I've had I've had certain actors um, give me give me ideas and stuff, and I'm like, well, thank you for the idea. You don't actually have the same grand perspective of mm-hmm. why I made that choice, but I do appreciate the thought, and and so. Um, without being walked all over, you know, ha- so s- still having that veto ability um, to say, like, let's open up the floor. Let's let's have a discussion time and and write everything down. And um, yeah, well, and and um, just to piggyback on that real quick, um, I, I watched the first season of Atypical last week. Um, OK, if any yep. of you guys have seen that. Yeah, I've, I've, I've um, heard good things about it yeah um it's a netflix original and it's about a uh an 18 year old boy who um is on the autism spectrum and he he's he's much more higher functioning than than most like asperger's uh yeah probably okay yeah um and and it's it's not so first of all 
they clearly did a lot, a lot of research into the psychology of it. Um, that's so, I am so glad about that because when I see shows like that new one that's coming out with the kid from from uh, Bates Motel, um, he's in a new show. Either, yeah. yeah, he's in a new show where he has he's on the spectrum and he has this great ability to like help doctors. He's like the, the perfect doctor because he can sense all these things. And I'm like, that's not realistic to what people who are on the spectrum actually can do. And people think that these people who are on the spectrum have these amazing abilities and we need to stop portraying that image and be more realistic to the situation and tell really interesting human stories with these mm-hmm. characters. Well, isn't that kind of the premise of Monk? Remember that when Tony Shalhoub? But it's the same thing. It's right, same and thing. he was on the spec, clearly on the spectrum, but he had this like intuitive sense where yeah. he... Yeah, you know, it's, and it's they, the same and type they of thing. made it more of a joke than anything. Yeah, exactly, and it's it's the same thing where they you have to make it a positive thing. They've got they've got schizophrenia, but they've got this, but no, it's they've got schizophrenia. They're dealing with it, trying to live a normal life. I want to see shows that have people with actual disabilities. That's what I want to see. Absolutely, absolutely. That's what I want to create. Yeah, and I think I think it's. Um, I think the short film is is a good step in that direction. I mm-hmm. think that there is more that can be done, you know, to to really understand that thoroughly. Um, I'm thinking back to when I saw, uh, was it Limelight Theater that did Bug? Bug was great several years ago, yeah. um, and and we had some some people on the production team come into my class at UNC and and talk about all the research that they had been doing about schizophrenia and it was it was fascinating and it takes it it really does take a lot of work to paint that picture Mm -hmm. and to do it well so this conversation really branched in a different direction (laughs) but i want to go back a little bit because i want to say that seth and i have worked together on several shows and um he and i have kind of almost we almost have a system where um well like with wedding singer he was directing and i was like his assistant director Mm -hmm. and um he would direct the show and i would go up to him either just go up to him and say make a suggestion or go up to him later that evening after rehearsal or something and say what about this or can we do this this way and he'd go oh yeah that's a good idea or he'd go no i like it this way and i think that's an important thing to have if you're if if uh you really want a good production you've got to have more than just the one set of eyes on a show because there might be several things that you're not seeing it's the same thing with film and uh if you because if you're watching like, like here's an example there there was a part of the show where uh the couple's in the middle of the scene and they're doing their thing and Seth is watching that I'm looking at the other five couples on stage and what they're doing and I'm going um did you tell them to uh like touch each other's butts and stuff like that and he's like no okay should I tell him to stop yes <laughs> you know stuff like that so you gotta uh but also, Either. it's like what M- M- Michael was saying, too. I think there's really important, especially with theater, know your place. Absolutely. Because if someone comes up to you and says, hey, I think we should do it this way, and you're the director, you're like, mm, there's no way you know more about the script and the show than I do. Yeah. So there has to be a respect level there, too. I mean, Definitely. yeah, there are many people in this theater community that think they can direct just because they have performed on stage. I want to see. I want to throw people who think they can can direct 
into directing and see how well they do. I and agree watch with them that. fail until they do it well. And that's what I want to see. I don't want to see them. F- I want to see these people grow. And I think throwing these people who think they can and haven't to actually throw them into it is going to be the only way to do so. Yeah. And I, I really want more people to direct because it's so eye opening as as somebody who acts every once in a while, somebody who does all these mm-hmm. different things to see every side of a production. Yeah, it's harder than you think. Yeah, it it might look easy at times. It's not. And with like on a, the short film side of things with a crew of two, maybe one, sometimes three at max, <laughs> uh, having so few eyes on things and playing so many different roles. It is so eye opening to do. And I highly recommend that if, if you guys, I know Michael will get the chance here pretty quick on our next short film, but if you guys ever want to direct a short film, I think it's so eye opening, and I think you guys would love it. So, uh, we've got to get Michael out of here because he's got to go to his rehearsal for his show. Uh, so he's directing. <laughs> so we're going to take, take a quick break here for a second, and then we're going to come back and write ourselves a movie. All right. Hey, thanks, Michael. Hey, thank you. I, I love pleasure, you. Man. I love you. Please don't go. I need you in my life. It's not a suspense thriller, but it is a thriller. Jekyll and Hyde, when it's done in a a certain way, um, there is tons of death on stage in, like, cool, unique ways. Oh, yeah. And if you play it right, it can be very frightening. I mean, the the time that uh, Joel and I did it together, we came up with really cool conventional ways to simulate these deaths, right? Mm -hmm. And so one one guy got pushed in front of a train. And it was just a really loud train effect and just a, a light bump that it looked like someone was going over tracks. And uh, one one person got their head, her, their neck snapped. And the way we did that was we ha- we literally had a water bottle backstage and Joel was watching and he just crunched it right into his microphone. And the audience, uh, like sound Every alone. Every night, the audience al- would go, oh. Yeah, sound alone does that kind of stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and. And uh, we used blood in, in a lots in a, of blood in a, in a good way. In a though. good way, yeah. Because um, we slit Lucy's throat at the end. And, Absolutely. I mean, yeah. that's that's dark. Stuff. That's like really dark. There and, was another bloody thing I did with a, a bloody murder on stage, and that was in Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson, where uh, Ben Dickey, who was the guy that was playing Andrew Jackson, shoots the narrator partway through Act One, which is shocking to the audience because she's the narrator. Uh-huh. He shoots the narrator in the neck and she's in a wheelchair. This is all in the script. He shot her in the neck. She had a tube going up the back of her wheelchair so that blood would spurt out at the audience as soon as the gun went off. And the audience every night, oh, it was, I mean, it was great. And it shocked him and scared him. And I, I think it's I, definitely possible to make a scary horror musical. It just has to be done well. Yeah, I think I think that that would be really intriguing to do and I want to see it so bad to see not Ash versus the Evil Dead musical you correct know? that was it was campy it was fun but it wasn't like it was just spray gore and stuff right. like that well but how would you how would you do the suspense of disbelief where where you get these characters to sing but also to scare people good I mean that's good but I also think that there is uh, there's an eeriness when it comes to horror films, right? Mm-hmm. And if you think of the great horror films, right, mm-hmm. they have that reoccurring theme, 
song, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. Exorcist has yeah. is its own theme song. Um, what's uh, what are the, some of the other Jason ones? has Jason has Kiki Kiki ki, Mama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, stuff like that. Um, there are specific music tonalities that you could build off definitely. of, and it could definitely work. Going back to Jekyll, they have the facade theme, which is great, but they also that scene when Jekyll slits Lucy's throat is he's singing and he kills her, and it's scary if it it's is. done well. I think it's possible, and I don't know if it can be done with a movie musical. I think it would have to be an original story yeah. or a, or an adaption of a story. Yeah, like you Jekyll couldn't and I. you couldn't do Silence of the Lambs as like a serious musical right. because I would be like, oh, it's Silence of the Lambs, and he's gonna go, <laughs> and yeah. everybody's like, oh yeah. Same thing with everything, like. Um, uh, same thing with anything. I mean, think about the scariest movie you've ever seen. What? The Exorcist or The Strangers or anything. The Exorcist for me was, was the scariest, yeah. It's not going to read as a good musical. It's just not. It's no. because when you're in – that's what the difference between film and theater is if you're – when you're looking at – when you can see a, a film and look at close-ups of people's faces and um, things like that that really put you deeper in touch with those characters. That's why they changed the ending of Little Shop because – the, the the viewing audiences, preview audiences, didn't like that everybody died because they connected so much with those sweet, endearing characters, right. Seymour and Audrey. And when they died, everybody hated it, so that's why they changed the ending. So, so. let's do this. I know we were talking about doing, like, uh, a sequel. Right. Instead of that, let's come up with a bomb-ass horror musical. I'm so, yeah, so down with this idea. Um, so what kind of... What kind of uh, okay. I think we keep it simple. We yeah. don't do anything like crazy spiritual, anything like exorcism, anything yeah. like that. We do it like a slasher killer yeah, where it's like somebody just killing off members of the cast slowly but surely and then trying to deal with it in the end. Yeah, and I think there can't be anything camping, you know, no zombies, no vampires, no anything like that. Right, yeah. No monsters. No, no, the monster is the person. People are going to be scared. It's got to be, it, they've got to be, it's got to be real. And something I want to capitalize on, you said in a movie you have you you zoom in on people's faces mm-hmm. and stuff. In order to make a, a an audience feel like they're inside something, you almost have to do it in a different medium. So I honestly think it needs to either be in three quarter round, very intimate black box space, okay, or uh, in the round. In the round would be prefer- preferable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so and the ability to use above catwalks and anything that can come down and uh, the ability to come from below yeah more, okay. more ways means, to scare the audience yeah if, if that's a, if that's a way and like if you really truly want to bring the audience into it then they have to be a part of the action too like actually have actors working in the audience yes. so kind of like how they did um sweeney, sweeney todd. todd immersion yeah, yeah, yeah immersion immersion theater i think that's a great idea the I, audience is a character yes, in the show yes it's it's very true um so so do you guys like that idea do you like the the serial killer kind of i do and um i think it's something that like you know i was talking about original story and whatever if you think about slasher movies I mean, it seems like most of the time, any slasher movie, it, it's almost overdone because not not almost always, but okay. Think about Jason. Let's right, just take right, Jason right. as an example. Jason Voorhees, the first one is terrifying because you don't know who the killer is. Nobody knows. And then at the end of the movie, it's revealed and blah blah blah, and then. In the sequel, it becomes Jason, and then it just gets weirder and weirder from there. Right, and it's it's 
you know, eventually we get to Jason in space and Freddy versus Jason. The re- we don't want to go up something that can ter- turn into that because it can it can go too far. The writer of Friday the 13th, Victor Miller, waited a long time, hesitated for years seeing any of the sequels because he didn't like the idea of Jason as the killer. He hated that. I think if we found something where it could really surprise and shock the audience at the ending, like Betsy Palmer as Mrs. Voorhees being the killer maybe not knowing who the killer is the whole show. I think I like the idea of mixing the horror genre with um, a murder mystery. I think that's, that's great. So you have, yeah, that's kind of that. You don't know who it is uh, in the end. And I think that's, that's great. Like an Agatha Christie type of play. Yeah. Yeah. Rather, but like scary, scary shit. Yeah. I almost like and and to kind of capitalize off of two storylines that I think are really scary, home invasion can actually happen. Oh, and then also something like Disturbia. I love that movie because mm-hmm. there's some great jump scares in it, but that could actually happen too. Like someone living next to you who's a serial killer and mm-hmm. burying people in their basement. Oh, that yeah. could be like the first scene of right. the thing. We start off with like like a leave it to beaver style household, right? <laughs> yeah. And it starts off that mood where you you uh you're you're going into this musical and you see this this happy family, right? And immediately this family is like slaughtered. And it's like the first scene. And it's like starts off happy, the family's talking, stuff like that. Kids sitting there too. And then like somebody just bursts in and just like destroys this family. And it just sets the tone right off the bat where it's like, this is not your normal musical. Guess what? This is a horror musical and you're gonna have to deal with this for the next two and a half hours. Right, yeah. I think I think that that type of thing is right on par okay that's that's great yeah so how do we build this do we build it so we have a plot line right yeah i i think i think uh, yes i i think we have a plot line that's that's it right there so we have a plot line i think if okay so if we go with that leave it to beaver family i think there should be a lone survivor okay and then that survivor works in tandem with uh a hero type character whether it's like a a neighbor like a friendly neighbor or a police officer uh, I okay. So, an unsuspecting hero is uh, always a nice better. Twist. Yeah. Better. Yeah, yeah, I like I like this this maybe this this crime that's committed at the beginning of the play doesn't really have anything to do with what's happening in the rest of the show. So this is like this is like just a um, precursor. This is a precursor, and then it's like the kid who is who survived, who was like underneath the the couch while his parents are murdered and stuff like that, lives, and right. now he's in this situation that he's put in, yeah. and then we're dealing with he's dealing with this while also dealing with the PTSD of seeing his parents murdered and stuff like that and we can kind of bring back to that and deal with those kind of emotions I think would be pretty fucking and, cool. and uh, yeah and a good way to pass <laughs> and a good way to pass uh, plot through is would would be a song a montage song because there's tons of montage we see it in the Who's Tommy they do montage yeah. song to pass like uh, time so uh, if we want to show that like this whatever person is like uh, they're, you know, being a detective and they're trying to find out clues of yeah. who this person is. Yeah. We do it in a song, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, then we move on with the next plot. And while it's going... and Well, I'm thinking about Back to Jekyll again. Murder, Murder is one of the best songs in the show. It opens Act 2. How many people does he kill in that song? Six. Seven. Six seven. or seven. Yeah, and it's uh, over time and uh, it could go back and forth. They're trying to figure out who the hell it is. And it, while they're doing that, he just keeps killing people. Yeah, and you gotta follow. There has to be a love interest for this person that was stayed alive. Yeah, I, the I, only I, reason is because you want the you want the audience to fall in love with more right. than one character. Yeah. So there's the idea of the cl- cliche teenage girl. 
I, I, I like. I mean, or, 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 I, I have been digging a lot lately, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I, I like the idea of friends more than relationship like okay. like like really sure. close okay. friends who have who have this connection because it's harder to get to that point as an actor i feel to have like a close friend that you're dealing with than it is to be lovey-dovey with somebody yeah and love is so overdone it is it really especially is especially on stage well here's the thing in though horror yeah i will say this though but that's the one relationship most people can relate to yeah that's true but and it's also one and- that a lot of people can't Right, but that's the fantasy part. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I guess that's true. I mean, w- w- but I understand yeah. that. Like a, a close friend, and if the twit, the plot twist is that friend ends up becoming, that's mm-hmm. the one person. Yeah, I think that it's, it's the unsuspecting. Yeah, I think it's kind of a uh, a love relationship. That's like I love my friend. More right, than right, right, right. I love, I'm in love with this person. Right, and one other thing that I I really like, I want to take from Alien. Uh, is, the original? Yeah, the original one. Okay. The original Alien is to cast people not necessarily based on their gender and race, but based on who is best portrayed in this role. So, like, Alan or Alice Ripley was originally supposed to be a male character until they cast Sigourney Weaver, and, like, the rest of the cast was not supposed to be men and women. Like, it was just written as characters. And I think when it's redone and recast, they can have two men as these roles or two women as these roles or a man and a woman or a woman and a man. And just like this, this story can keep changing over and over by who tells it. And I think that would be, that's, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. Cool. That's cool. Okay. So now we have our plot line. We have that. So now we need to come up with a main character. So is, is it the child of their parents? Yes. Let's just say that. Okay. Yeah. I think this child that grows up, or yeah, he's this is like this is like 20 years later okay so th- this is like him so, so what, he's 25 what, he's 25 let's okay. say he's 25 he's hanging out with his friends what are they doing why 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 do they run into this killer what are they why is this killer around them is i think one thing that we're gonna have to oh yeah so why were his parents murdered just because I think I think it was just like a like a a robbery or like a robbery, and like it just happened. Well, if it's a twenty year later thing, could it be a twenty year some sort of reunion or, um, like a school reunion? Yeah, kind because of thing? I have a feeling that this kid probably ended up being quite a loner. I yeah, I think I, I don't know. I think that that age he would probably be forced into like a lot of therapy, and he would be forced into being more social by other people because they think that he's going to be super fucked up. Maybe he is. Maybe they realize, hey, this kid had this serious thing happen to him. Maybe he's a serial killer. Oh, I have an idea. Okay. So what if this thing happens to this kid, right? Mm -hmm. And then as he's going through the show, people around him just start dying, right? And you suspect a whole bunch of different people, his friends, let's say. Right, right, right. But it comes out that he's the killer. I like that. I I do like like playing off the the fact that he may be the killer. But I like because obviously maybe a better plot twist at the end then. But that's something that the yeah. uh, that you could ex- suspect yeah, watching the movie. I, I would say the, the oh show. yeah. I think I think at every single point what what uh, uh curtains the musical did really well was it made you 
really think of who this killer actually is. It like was like, oh shit, it's the director. No, it's this actor. Is it the detective? And then it really like threw you around into a bunch of different ideas of who actually is the uh, who is the murderer before realizing it's it's none of the characters that you thought it was. It was the the random other guy who is in the story. Like I like that, but I think having one of the characters be the the killer is definitely important. I'm not 100% sold on it being the lead character. Okay. I think it also too, uh, one of the things, uh, one of the scary slasher movies that one of the things that, you know, could happen movies, whatever you want to call them, uh, that I freaking love the, all four of them is scream. And mm-hmm. so if you throw in that many characters, I, yeah, I think it should be like a full on ensemble. More than a dozen like, characters, you know, yeah. And it's not like three because or four then you're questioning the who the killer is the entire. Th- I remember seeing Scream in the theater and people going, "Oh, it's Dewey. Oh, it's got to be this guy. Oh, it's maybe it's her. Right. Oh, it's this person." So and like, that's what I would want to sim- stimulate in in a, the, a musical version. Too. So let's say that the protagonist has a sibling. Then, okay. 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 But the protagonist is the only one that witnessed the murder. The sibling did not. So they're in okay. the same they're in the same house. Okay. The siblings the siblings' parents died, but they didn't witness it. I like that. That's okay, so good. and I think that that'd be That's very cool. interesting uh character development between the two of them where one of them hates the other one because they blame the yep. other one for the parents dying. Yep. And that could be oh guys, That's maybe thematic. we shouldn't yeah. talk yeah. about this That's anymore. Thematic. Someone might steal our idea. And then I say we have uh, a chief investigator, where it's the chief of police or the local sheriff. I like that Dewey character. Right, right. That type of thing. There's a lot of humor a and teacher. levity. Or a te- and a teacher. Some, yeah. Let's have let's have two more adults yeah, yeah. that come in here. Okay. I think I got who it is. Therapist. I know who the killer is. Okay. Is going to be the yes. therapist. You think? Yeah. So here's 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 what I'm thinking. The kill killed his parents. No, killed, no, 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 no. The protagonist. Oh, that no, that's just a home that's, invasion. That's the home invasion thing. It doesn't have anything bearing to do the story, but the the. Uh, the therapist is the one who's the main character is talking to throughout this whole thing. So we, we do like asides where he goes and talks to the therapist and be like, Hey, my friends are missing, you know, this and that. And the therapist is like, "Ah, I don't know what you're doing. Like trying to force him into this like really shitty situation to kind of like figure out how he's going to deal with this emotionally. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's how we can like say it's a a character decision being like, I'm trying to fuck with this guy to see what he does as a character. Right. And I think that would be super, super intriguing. What do you guys I think? love that. I love you guys, that. You guys like that? So we got the therapist, we got a teacher, and we got a a police officer. Yep. Okay. How about um so if this if our protagonist was 5 when it, their parents were killed, they need guardians. Mm-hmm. So an aunt and uncle or godparents. I think godparents. Would, would be I think great. it would be great. I, and so that's another two people and then a best friend. Uh, I think so people who survive, I think the the siblings should be the ones who survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be kind of like a cathartic story for them to kind of like deal with their own shit. And also, I mean, it's literally kind of what my own short film is about, is about dealing with your own demons while being okay with somebody else's. Right. And like family and stuff like that. Um, and I think that that. That's super intriguing for me, but I don't know how you guys feel. No, about I love that. that. Yeah, that could work. I, there, there's so many ways we could go. I, I know. know. There's there's so many. So we need a... Uh, what about a bully? Could there be a bully? Yeah. That, I, I think... That works a lot because that's bully an antagonist. when they're young and then bully when they're older. And that's too. also an antagonist throughout, mm-hmm. which is really nice to have. Maybe even a bully and a couple friends a la 
Stephen King's it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, uh, so some negativity. There's some conflict throughout yeah. negativity, other than just the siblings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you know when the bullies die, you find out <laughs> the killer's actually helping me. <laughs> um, but uh, there's so many different turns and so many ways. That I like can that manipulate. So I say we mind. do like a yeah a dozen people in the cast. Yeah, I'm done. Perfect. I think I think like a large ensemble cast is perfect for this. Mm-hmm. So we can have these main characters have different asides with these different characters, and then bringing it back to the therapist who then goes off and kills people and this and that. And then the therapist disappears, and everybody's like, "Oh, we thought it was a therapist, but the therapist is gone now. Nobody knows who the therapist is. The therapist is actually just like committing the last few murders." I love that. Yeah, I love I'm that. So now, okay, so that's great. We know the end. We know plot points, and we have characters. Great. So now. Start a working title because you're really good at titling oh, stuff. Oh, God, I don't know. We'll start uh, it. I mean, you start working on it. And then here's something that we really need to think about um, uh, logistically, how to actually scare the audience. I I think I don't want jump scares. I think if we're going to do jump scares, we should do one or two. Um, I'm not big on jump scares personally. I think it's more scary for me when I see like movies like um, – Requiem for a dream that just like destroy you internally. Ish to ish, to But it's it's so it's so disturbing, and that's what the horror comes from is just seeing the mom just like yeah. fall into drug addiction. Does this Jay go to Madison Avenue? I'm gonna be on television. Oh fuck! That yes, movie. I, I know the nah, movie scared the shit rough. out of me, and I I remember watching that movie and going. If I had kids, I would not allow them to watch this until they're 17. <laughs> yeah. It's rough. It's a rough watch. It's it's a movie. And that's that the I, first time I've ever said that about any movie and I was like, I wouldn't let my kids I watch, watch I watch that movie once a year. I, I make sure that I watch it once a year because it's one of the few movies that I f- can watch that makes me like feel disgusted like that and that's such a interesting feeling that I don't have very often. So I like to I like to rewatch it. And I'll tell you what, I can take Jared Leto whatever I take a believer but uh, Marlon Wayans in that movie is awesome he's fantastic he's so good the he's, rest of the cast a, is really I mean the entire cast is great but I think he is he, like he, an interesting... he actually has a much bigger part in the book and um, it's uh, it focuses a lot less on Sarah Goldfarb and more on on him and uh, but yeah that's movie scared the shit out of me and right. I think we could add uh, uh realistic things like that to freak the audience out for sure. And here's the deal. Like I agree with that kind of that, that I mean, it's crazy to scare people to like, you want them to like leave thinking about things, but I think that jump scare is a necessity. Oh, uh, I, yeah. think, I think uh, yeah, so I think too, but I, I think don't want to overdo it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm like a medium. You need a media, a balance. I I, like as in with everything you need. A it's with comedy. You go in threes. I feel the same way with big jump scares. I I think that jump sh- if we're going to do 3, we should do 3 completely different jump scares. Absolutely. One that's the entire audience, right? One that happens like scares everybody in the room. Maybe like there's a big flash of light and like we see like a dead body or something. No, that's not that scary. But like we do something small like that. We do one where an audience member gets grabbed. It's like you sign this fa- this form, right? You may be touched by by 
And that's somebody. And if and, 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 it's, and it's somebody, coming back, it should move because if it's immersion theater, that's important. That that right. jump scares them. And important. it's it's one specific person in the audience that you freak the fuck out, and then everybody. And that happens the second one, right? So now everybody thinks, oh shit, somebody's gonna try. It. Maybe it's me. I also think it's important, and this isn't yeah. jump scare stuff, but like if we are going to do that first uh, scene in all its glory. We need to adhere to like Universal Studios and Disney and what they do for certain things. So because you don't want to get too haunted house. No, no, but I think to establish and that's just that one scene, just to establish it. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to help, let them understand. So very easy conventional ways is they have those misters that you can put around your pool, uh-huh. right, yes. to keep you cool. Yes, I think honestly, if you, an audience hears like sound effects of someone getting stabbed and stuff, mm-hmm. and you you spray them. Yeah. And they're in the scene. Oh, That's yeah. not necessarily jump scare. They're just like they feel kind of like yeah, maybe this is it. blood on my face. Absolutely. Yeah. I and there's a there's a, a way to do that too with like breath on on a neck. Uh-huh. That type of stuff. All of all of those are very this easy. It's gonna and, be a big budget thing. And conv- I, that's fine. <laughs> Even then, yeah. that's not. But that's low. Like breath on your neck. That doesn't have no, I know, to be. But I, I love that. I think that's great. So I think it's important to establish that. But later on, jump scares maybe not. Well, and thinking about uh, that made me think because I, I I remember I haven't been to Universal or Disney World since I was oh my god, it was probably twenty five years ago, long time. But it's I remember being scared in the um the alfred hitchcock thing and uh there were a couple other i can't remember what was popular at the time but there were things that scared the crap out of me and it's like we could do that we could we could make that a thing sweeney todd worked jekyll and hyde worked we could do this with an original idea i like it so now, title-wise, I think we need to kind of figure something out. This one's going to be kind of harder. I don't think we can... We can't be too on the nose. I, I don't think that that would be... Um, themes of this. We could talk themes and kind of going off those themes. Um, dealing with, um, like, PTSD. Dealing with, like, family problems. That kind of stuff. Maybe the the title has something to do with the family. Is 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 all grown up something all grown up yeah. well why not something like that like grown like a single single word like grown grown but it's all like, grown up is the rugrats oh, all grown up all oh. grown up yeah um we definitely don't want to call it that <laughs> no um we could do something along those lines like why don't you call it you could just call it one word adolescence or or or, or <laughs> add dead lessons uh, add dad lessons <laughs> and it's all dad jokes <laughs> We're going back there again. I I, I like the the single like I'm I'm a big fan of the single word. Cleaver. That was the that was the movie that um, of this in the Sopranos that the mobsters tried to make. It was I, just called Cleaver. I I like that. What what is the weapon that the, the killer know, is using? I don't know. Cleaver's a little. I think if you hear Cleaver, you're gonna. Oh. But I think if it's unassuming, yeah, because we talked about it kind of being unassuming. It's all grown up works. Um, yeah, I like I like something that's more ambiguous, like like grown G R O W N, not G R O A N, because like you know uh, something that's um, ambiguous yeah. is the only yeah. word I can think of. I like think... when I saw the, the the poster for Creed, I didn't know what it was, mm-hmm. and then I kind of read and I was like, oh my god, it's Apollo Creed's kid! So this is the greatest thing. Grown works. I think uh, <laughs> you could just say maturity. 
that it, yeah but even then that I think to me i say maturity a, i think of senior citizens yeah i think i think we should go <laughs> through a thesaurus right and look up uh the word groan and uh there you go kind of go from that's there. a good idea actually yeah that's literally what i'm doing right now and one word i think it should just be one word yeah who's gonna compose this that's the only thing that i think we should name because anybody could direct it in my opinion uh yeah i think this has to be it has to be the same kind of style i think we should get somebody who has scored horror films before i think i think having somebody who's done like the classic uh scoring for for jason for uh for freddy would be a good choice because they understand the genre and how people feel maybe somebody who's also done theater who also understands that as well when i when i think of this being a a musical i think that there's going to be a lot less music than a normal musical yeah almost a play with music right yeah and i like like, uh peter the star catcher was kind of that way absolutely yeah Yeah. where it had it had like a few songs in there but a lot of it was like i agree i also think that uh an underrated i don't think he's underrated but because the show got so much um, publicity and s- say what you want about it, but I do think Duncan Cheek would do a good job. Okay. The only reason is because Spring Awakening, um, it gets musically, serious, yeah. musically wise, music, mm-hmm. musically, um, is it's very interesting, and it's also eerie. All right, you guys ready for some spitball of some idea names? Okay. Go. Evolve. Keep yes going. or no? That uh, no, because that mean that that to me is like a sci-fi movie. Yeah. Arise. Become. Becomes closest so far. Expand. 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 I'm afraid afraid you're going to leave me. It's something that's overdone and I've never been crazy about it, but it could also be the first name of the main character. That's not bad. Caleb. Because when it's... Well, what are we going to do? Like, sexless? Yeah, but you can have after we cast... Well, it doesn't have to be sexless. It just it's just I think casting is sexless. But you can have you can have like Charlie is a, a unisex name now. You can have unisex oh, yeah, names but, uh, that are I mean like you can have Alex, you can have Yeah, but I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about uh, like uh main character's name. Yeah. Um I don't know. For some reason it works better with horror films than it does with like TV What about shows. what about like cuz it's about the 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 two the two siblings. What about their last name? Like the, the Kellys, the Joneses, or whatever. The Kellys work. Do you like that? I like that. Whatever. The Chukowskis. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's a no. The Chevises. The Macbeths. Uh, I don't know if we can names. get a title. Only I'm not just call it adult. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. If, I don't think we could get it's, a title until we know the full story. I think we've. Well, I mean, we. It's it's about. Like this, the like a coming of age story of a kid dealing with PTSD about his family being killed and now his friends are being killed. We could there's a few different ways we can take this. We can either call it something like adulthood. We can call it grown. What if we went the other way and called it something like child or like because he's an adult but he's still kind of a child. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Uh, we could we could. Uh, yeah, I like that. We could just name it childish. The, no, we could name it the child. I like that. The child. Much better. Much better. I like that. Franklin, a child. Now, okay. Yeah, I like that. I, Do you I think that it's from Annie. Yes. Okay, good. 
<laughs> because then we say the child what about the brother that's a bit, big part of the story is the brother dealing with the fact that everybody m- makes it about the other brother who the child. solved the, yeah. the child yeah I like it I, I dig this Round name yeah. Um, yeah immersive immersive theater I like it yeah this is gonna be great guys that's actually something that would be doable yeah and I Let's mean we were talking we were talking about like budget earlier, but mm-hmm. I think you can if yeah. the, the more well the, the reason I the reason I brought that up is because I'm thinking like oh if we have fans on the back of each chair and stuff like that, but no you right, but I, mean, I think <laughs> a minimalistic approach to this is really gonna what's gonna make it eerie because yeah. I think the the best scary movies in my opinion are the ones that are low budget. Yep. Uh, I will say this: I loved every second of this. It's it was fun, a lot right? of fun. Yeah, man, I, sure. I'm so glad that you swung by. I appreciate you asking me. Really? Well, uh, once again, this is Seth Tchaikowski, uh, our special guest. Do you want to plug anything? Are you working on anything right now? I am not working on anything. Um, uh, I will say this. There's a theater community or company that uh, Joel and I both work for. It's called Performance Now. They're opening a show this weekend. Uh, he's working on it. It's called The Marvelous Wonderettes. Yeah. should be really great. Um uh, Music Man opens this week at the Candlelight. Go see that. That Check was going to be my plug. Oh, I apologize. Um, I know I'm such an asshole. And then uh, I want to know specifically, when does your movie drop? When's uh, it released? Our short film releases September 29th, uh, and that's going to be on pretty much everything. We're going to release it on Great, because I want to catch it. Vimeo. It's going to be great. It's and everybody out there should catch it, because if you haven't had a chance to work or see what CJ and Michael put together, they are brilliant at what they do. Oh. I mean that. Oh, shucks. I don't think Joel's they're very pretty good. good. <laughs> we're okay. Joel's good, too. We're, we're, He's we're good okay. at things. Uh, anyways, my name is Charles Kelly. My name is Joel Adam Chavis. I want to do that plug really quick. That okay. was the Music Man at Candlelight Dinner Playhouse. I'm painting it. I'm very tired. I've been working nights to finish painting this thing. Scotty, who is oftentimes on our podcast, is in the show. He's funny. Go check it out. I mean, yeah, go see it. And uh, I'm happy to be here. My name is Seth Allen Trakowski, and my initials spell sack. Sack. Mine spell Jack. Jack and sack. Sack and Jack. Sack and Jack. Mine spells <laughs> So, anyways, guys, this is the Something Grinded Podcast. Have yourselves a wonderful week. Switch to Sprint Unlimited Basic, featuring TV from Hulu and 500 megabytes of mobile hotspot. Plus, for a limited time, get five lines for only $120 per month. Hurry to a Sprint store or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Offer ends 8-16-18 after 131-2020. Pay $32 per month per line for five lines without a pay. One Hulu limited commercial plan for eligible Sprint account. MHS reduced to 3G speeds after 500 megabytes per month. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new lines. Subject to credit and 3 activation fee. Video streams up to 480p. Speed maximums. Use rules and restrictions apply.